0: Welcome to Elder Speak.
1: Woo, you you someone to hit Hello, everyone, and welcome to Elder Speak episode fifty. I am actually subbing for Randy this week because he is absent, uh, and uh, and with me I have Gavin, our news editor. Hey, everybody. And I should mention, if in case you didn't realize that, that I am Matt, the senior editor of ElderGeek.com. Uh, and uh, we're just going to kick it off. And, and Gavin, I suppose you have a bunch of news.
0: I do. And actually, let's start off with some site announcements. Randy is actually absent, not for anything useless like a flu, but he's actually with his wife. And she has, I believe, either a dissertation or some other form of D-word, which is the highest form of her um education so if she passes this she's official in whatever she's doing this sounds really bad for my end probably should have gotten more information but a very hearty congratulations from everyone here um the elder geek staff and of course vicariously from everyone listening so rock on them and, and we also we have, have
1: yeah i think we have yeah.
0: even bigger news i think so i think i'll let you take this one Moss. you you're the one that's most romantically affected by this i think
1: I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's a, it's a very cool little story, but uh, our con- contributing writer, uh, Christy Barber, who have, you've seen, uh, read a couple of feature for us in, features for us in the past, and, uh, and she'll definitely be present in the future as well, has gotten engaged. Uh, and not only has she gotten engaged to this you know great guy, obviously, but she has gotten engaged using, uh, or he proposed to her using a video game reference, I think you would call it. <laughs>
0: yes and, and i don't think we want to spoil too much about it because this will become a feature that you can look forward to on our site at a later date, so you need to come back for this so um but it's a it's a real dawg moment yeah so it's it's i mean, i people have called me you
1: know uh unemotional and cold, and I just had i i mean that was an adorable story, so you guys need to hear that and i'll I'll let Christy tell you uh herself when she writes the feature.
0: And hopefully all of us at Elder Geek will be invited to the physics slash video game-themed uh, wedding to combine <laughs> both their interests. So that should be fun. A portal-themed wedding. Why not? Yeah. But uh, that's all for site news. It's good stuff, though, and you got to make sure to come back for all of the follow-up on that. But we're going to start this week's news, and we're going to start off with something big. We're going to start off with Bungie and Activision signing an exclusive publishing agreement. Now, this does not mean that Bungie is now part of Activision. They haven't acquired them like they have acquired so many other studios. But Bungie is now developing and will be released exclusively with Activision Publishing. And this is a um, ten-year agreement, which will carry on until 2020 or some other thing, and it will include their most recent game—not um, their most recent game, but their next game starting now. So post-Halo, Bungie, and it, we've already had some yeah big um, big reactions from the uh, from the industry, but I think the biggest reaction is going to come from MOTS. So go ahead.
1: Well, uh, I've I've uh, let me just say first that from what I hear from the chatter I hear around you know Twitter and stuff. This is not really an exclusivity announcement or exclusivity deal. They have one franchise planned that will be exclusive to Activision for the next 10 years. But they are apparently free to shop around with other franchises if they want to multitask. So, uh, I mean, this doesn't mean we couldn't see Bungie teaming up with Microsoft again, or or anyone else for that matter. It just means that their next big, huge blockbuster franchise will be uh, with Activision.
0: I don't know. I think, uh, based on information here, it does seem distribution rights to all future games within the contract time. Of course, this was a very shaky um, source when it was released to everybody, not just us. We get good enough. So we get great sources. But, um, like you said, it, it could still be up in agreement. But right now, either way, one franchise or them all, Activision has really recouped themselves, and this is a really great way to supplement, or at least draw attention away from the Infinity Ward scandal,
1: yeah. as it were. I think I think really I think really that's why they announced it
0: now. Mm, definitely, it's a good it's good timing. Uh, what do you think that the game is going to be? Do you know? Will it be a Halo killer?
1: No, no, it won't. I think Bungie is. Uh, I don't want to say sick of doing Halo, but I, I definitely think they're looking forward to trying out something different, and I think it's going to be vastly different. It might still be on FPS, but. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as, as uh, the same experience as Halo. Um. Uh. I don't know. I, I've never been that big of a Halo fan, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if you know this is going to be going to appeal to me. But I gotta say, Halo Reach does look kind of good to me. It it kind of look reminds me of Unreal Tournament, so uh, I'm I'm optimistic, to say the least
0: rock on. I think a lot of people are, but we have the story up there, so if you want to comment on it, let us know and get on the site. It's there for you. But we're moving on to a couple more game announcements in terms of being in development. We're talking about two Tom Clancy games, set of course in the uh, amazing... military history guy's uh, repertoire. He has one of the greatest franchise rights in the industry. Nothing we know about them currently, but rumors are floating around that one of them could be the possible Ghost Recon Future Soldier game, which has been highly anticipated. Um, There's also, of course, any uh, opportunity for a sequel to Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, or End War, all of which are his major flagship franchises. But again, nothing set for now. But, big announcement, which kind of took away from everything else, of course, is the newest Call of Duty, which this time around has been dubbed Black Ops. This is, of course, um, the game developed by Treyarch, as opposed to Infinity Ward, and we don't know a lot of um, information about it, but, of course, the trailer is up and posted everywhere, and you've probably already seen it anyway. So, Moss, any thoughts on Black Ops or possible Tom Clancy games?
1: Uh, I think uh, on the Tom Clancy side, I think, uh, you know, Ghost Recon Future Soldier definitely looks interesting to me as a technology, you know, geek. Um, You know, I think, uh, I I recently read, uh, you know, Physics of the Impossible by Michio Kaku, and... um, and, you know, he's a futurist and a, a theoretical physicist, so he's right up that alley. And he talks a lot about some of the technologies they feature in the CGI trailer for Ghost Recon Future Shoulders. So it's it's definitely exciting to me. Uh, but on the subject of Black Ops, I don't know. I mean, it looks like they're sort of going more and more away from that whole, you know, war recreation and more and more into James Bond. And, and certainly, you know, with Modern Warfare 2, the, you know, that was... Well, you know, very apparent. But I kind of hope that Treyarch would sort of try and stick to the roots a little bit more. Even though that's a tired genre, it's... I mean, they're
0: pretty much the only ones doing that right now, so... Mm. Right on. Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, then again, never been part of the Call of Duty uh, fan base myself, but I love Activision for one story and one story only. It's everyone's favorite tale, and we got another update for it. Of course, I'm talking about Infinity Ward versus Activision, and finally, we have more lawsuit news as opposed to just people leaving news. This time around, we have a major lawsuit filed by the, what is it called, the Infinity Ward Employee Group, which is mm. a collaboration of 38 plaintiffs, and they have issued a state uh, a, a claim in the Los Angeles Superior Court against the parent company of Activision. Now, are you ready for the amount they're suing for, Mons? It's a uh, It's pretty big. <laughs> are you ready? I've heard some rumors. Lay it on me. Basic. This is the basic cost they're looking to get. 75 to 125 million dollars. I mean, this is, this is Dr. Evil money, but that is not the extent of it. They're also suing for an additional $75 Seventy-five to five hundred million dollars in punitive damages, which of course is basically um, emo- uh, emotional damage. Yeah, emotional damage money and everything. Just uh, screwed. I got screwed money. Yeah. So at the maximum amount, the employees of Activision could be getting six hundred and twenty-five million dollars, which is even more is more than even Modern Warfare Two made in its first day. So this is major cash. Yeah. And Activision has popped up with a. a Uh, what's the word response and of course it it's it believes the action is without merit. it retains all the discretion to determine the amount and schedule of bonus payments which legally of course they are allowed to bonuses are titled bonuses for a reason but that is a lot of cash, and it's just the latest in this amazing soap opera of a battle. Monza, uh, you got to have a comment on this. What do you think, man?
1: I think, uh, and I'm not too familiar with the American Eagle system, but I do think Activision has a point. I do think, you know, uh, bonuses are something they choose to do. It is not something they are required to give their employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as far as, you know, if, if Infinite Award, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, employee group uh, do win this this lawsuit it'll only be for the seventy five to one hundred and twenty five million i don't think they're going to get anywhere near five hundred million uh, oh, it just yeah, it just could. doesn't make sense and and secondly you know how how do they get this whole spread I've always wondered you know you have a very clear set of data here you know you <laughs> you could you you can mathematically you know come up with a very you know uh, precise number for this kind of thing, so why seventy five two hundred one uh,
0: hundred and twenty five? Actually, what they're saying is um, fifty four million out of that is uh, owed from two thousand and nine, which is of course only the couple months that that game was released in there. but um the the claim that they have that they're able to come up with this money is based on Activision's net worth and sales of Call of Duty Modern Worker 2. So basically it's <laughs> they're estimating hmm. uh, which is a nice way to put it. But that is what they're saying. They're getting the money from.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you get bonuses at at uh, specific points in the year, right? You get at the you know Christmas bonuses and stuff like
0: that, right? It's up to employee discretion, but uh, usually for video games, it's by re- uh, it's at release time or something like that, a couple months after release time. But yeah, there still is in essence a, a timetable to it all
1: yeah but if you have a long you know you know a, a long shelf life on a game you don't you know you don't give your employees continued bonuses every year do you
0: no no not necessarily again that's all up to employee discretion yeah. but it's definitely not the norm
1: so i mean i get that they want you know uh <laughs> i get that they want their their bonuses for the time they've worked at a company but if they start, you know, demanding bonuses after they've quit, basically, just because they did the actual work, then, you know, I think that's a bit cheap of them. Even though, yeah, they did the actual work and made Activision, you know, a lot of money. But
0: Yeah, voluntary resignation does kind of cut you out from a yeah. lot of employee benefits. <laughs> but we uh, no, nothing beyond that initial response from Activision has been heard to, at this point in time. But it's just another thing that we're we're looking forward to hearing more of. This is, this is like crack to us. I mean, this is this is an amazing story and it's just great every think, time
1: we get something more on it. I, I think you mentioned once it's the story that keeps on giving, and you know, and a slow absolutely. slow new new stay. Chances are another Infinity Ward employee left, so we can always cover that. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and yeah, um, so, sort of a supplemental note to that: respawn has now hired 16 of the uh, people that have left. Actually, at- 17. At- so. Uh, a new one last 17 oh yeah the last hour a, a new one wow yeah. a new one in the last hour see like Mont said like clockwork we love it so <laughs> let's let's move on let's let's get out we've had our fix for right now so uh, we're going to actually go to sci-fi the famous channel with the extra- extraordinarily lame name at this point um the science fiction television channel is looking to pick up and is already um, what's the word um put it um put uh, put the project into development I t- about a TV show based on the Red Faction FPS series, which of course you know is the destroy everything literally shooter franchise. So if this is successful, this television movie—sorry, I said TV series before, but this is a television movie—will uh, so like of course. Or? Um, no, I made for TV movie. Oh no! But if success, it, I I know that doesn't sound good, but if successful, it could be it could act as the pilot for a television series based on the same property. So some good couldn't come out of it, but this is happening either way. Mots you, you didn't seem to be happy about the news. T- uh, tell us a bit more. I've never seen
1: a good TV movie, straight TV movie, never. Uh, you know, they just remind me of, you know, start-of-the-career actors in... You know, I, I'm envisioning, you know, a start-of-the-career actor playing as... As the main character, you know, out in Australia or somewhere, you know, crushing some rocks and then, you know, having a bit of, you know, romance and drama in between that no one really cares about. It's just, yeah, I have doubts. (laughs)
0: um i definitely have to echo your doubts on that i'm not particularly a fan of the tv movies every time i think of made for tv i think of lifetime and every time i think of lifetime i fall asleep so this is not necessarily a good indication but this of course comes from the relationship that thq and sci-fi have they recently developed a partnership so hopefully at the very worst they're going to keep throwing stuff at the wall until something sticks yeah but we're I want to I want to see I want to see, some, I want to see a preview or a trailer before I make my final judgment as it were.
1: See if they two hours if they, uh, our, if they made ahead. I mean, you know, regardless of the actual story and the content of the movie. If they m- made this a miniseries, it just carries that much more respect. And I could have, you know, uh, at least fooled
0: myself into supporting it. But just a straight Perhaps, to keep. But TV. keep in mind the main yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind though, Mots the Made for T V movie did start the new Battlestar Galactica series. So Which I'm could, not affect- could possibly comfortable. From- Oh well, there you <laughs> go. Right, the Boy Scouts so. of America, specifically the Cubs Combat- of America, what 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 I, what the affiliated is. subsidiary of the Boy Scouts <laughs> of America. Thankfully, these guys have implemented a video game education uh, system in which you can earn awards, which come in the form of belt loops and academic pins, which of course reflect the famous badges of the Boy Scouts. And to get these, you have to demonstrate a good knowledge of video game ratings and what video games mean to you in a larger life frame of reference, meaning how you could schedule work, play, school, and video games. Demonstration of these behaviors, including you know buying video games appropriate for your age, discussing why it's good to have a rating, rating system, etc., will get you these awards. And they're just a nice implementation into the larger um, award system within the Boy Scouts, which, of course, include everything from camping to helping out people within normal life. So this is a really good way of just saying how video games have come come into their own as a larger part of society but again that's my idea so Monts, what do you think i know you're not i know you're not an expert about the boy scouts of america but (laughs) yeah apparently not
1: because i'm mistaken mistake them for something else but um (laughs) which i won't mention because it's mean um and i don't want to be you know negative all the time uh and i certainly do you know um think you're right that it's it's really good uh, to see more you know recognition and and acceptance of video games in, in mainstream you know everything but um, I don't know it to me I mean I'm cynical and all that but to me it seems like you know it's a dying tradition trying to desperately to cling on to the youth and you know doing so but by, by appealing to something that they love doing in the free time and you know uh, my idea of the Boy Scouts has you know been you know outdoors mostly mm-hmm. So it seems weird to me that they'd adopt video games this way. But, you know, in the end, it is a good thing, I think. It is, you know, for the industry at least.
0: Yeah, Um, I was actually a Cub Scout at one point in time. I know, terrible, uh, horrible thing to imagine myself uh, currently as being when I was younger. But um, I was, and in fact, I actually didn't go outside that much. A lot of it, maybe because I lived in uh, San Jose, California, and outside meant maybe a backyard in a a rich person's house. But um, a lot of it is just um, dependent on where you live. So there's a lot of people that may not have a park or a wilderness area along the way, so that could work for them. And either way, the Boy Scouts have always integrated new programs into... the the fold in order to appeal to the the newest generation i mean i i remember certain things about going to um uh, going to shows and talking about shows or um things like going to a movie and discussing a movie and that had never been talked about before because i come from a generation generational family of members so everyone was always bitch about a new um program that would enter so this is this is not completely out of the ordinary and even if it is yeah, they've done it before and it's nice to see video games being part of it now but
1: yeah i, I, I want to mention i mean uh i don't know i, I mean it, it's boy scouts in, in america is that sort of a more 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 uh you know lessons kind of thing where you teach the kids you know how to be morally upright and uh, and all that kind of stuff for because uh, i mean we have something equivalent in norway which actually translates to junior uh, rangers uh but and i was a member of that as well when i was a kid and um and, and I mean, what we did here, we went up to the mountains and went hiking and stuff like that, and and fishing, and and got to try out some cool guns and all that stuff. Uh, you know, you know uh, uh, harmless, of course. But uh, it's it, it was always, uh, and you know, even when we weren't on these trips and stuff, we were, you know, in in the in the parks or whatever. We have a lot of wil- wilderness in Norway, obviously, compared to mm-hmm. you know, uh, Santa Monica. But but um, uh, I don't know, I mean, I mean, we, 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 you know, sat outside and, you know, learned how to, um to tie different knots and all that stuff, so, I don't know, is that, you know, comparable?
0: Oh yes, most definitely. I mean, I, I could, I remember parts of the code of, uh, that you would speak. As a Boy Scout, and yes, it's morally upright, it's uh, learning to be self-sufficient, learning to be a outstanding member of society, and yeah, a lot of it, like you said, includes tying knots and all of that stuff, mm. but of course they'll say it's not about tying knots, it's about forming friendships and being moral, but regardless, it, yes, the comparable Junior Rangers thing is the Boy Scouts, so okay. hey, universal traits, yeah. you thought America was the only one to have it, nope, Norway <laughs> has it, and it has more wilderness, so I'm going to say better, but... <laughs> Let's let um let's move on to some interesting news here. Um we I rarely get to say this, so let me see if I'm saying it right. Nintendo is expecting not to be as profitable as before. Did I say that right? That I don't know. I think just, so. Yeah. It just seems. I just. I I haven't said it in so long. It just it that, it feels weird coming out of my mouth. But apparently, I'm looking at the story right here. Nintendo is forecasting a drop in annual profits for the fiscal 2009. Which, and you know, keep in mind, fiscal 2009 continues into the first few months of. 2010, so t- to March I think actually. Yes.
1: Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, they still have young, you know huge profits. We're talking oh, yes, 230 billion. billion yen, or uh, you know uh, 2.43 uh, billion dollars, and <laughs> it's it's not like they're hurting or anything. But I do think we all expected this to happen sooner or later. You know, uh, Wii sales are dropping out off as 360 and, and PS3 sales are increasing. And that's because, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, a console always, always reaches a tipping point where, you know, the, uh, the you know, uh, mass audience sort of is capped off. And, you know, the, 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 the folks you appeal to suddenly already have your console, so they won't go out and buy another one. So,
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's not a loss. Because Nintendo is probably the furthest company in the world right now from a loss. But it's just a reduction in profit. So basically they're just being less successful than they were last year. And like Mont said, the Wii at this point is at a real tipping point. So it's going to be interesting to see how they take this. And if it's going to have any effect on the company's business. Which I don't think it will. Not with the 3DS coming out. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how... 2010 works out for these guys. But any other uh, thoughts, Moss? You seem to sum up pretty well. Um, no,
1: I, I just, I think this maybe is good news for us. I think, I think maybe this means maybe. we'll see, a, you know, we HD sooner rather than later.
0: Because
1: hmm? they want to keep my, that. Yeah. You know, because, you know, if there's one thing, you know, we might say that this is, you know, still huge for them. You know, they still have $2.43 billion in profits. But a company always wants to improve over the last uh, fiscal year. Yep. you know they're, they're, otherwise their stockholders have no reason to keep the stock yep. uh, so so I mean, they have to do something.
0: Yep. And um, also drop in revenue often means an increase in creativity. Yes. So um, because you have to, that's how you remain supportive. That's how you increase your bottom line. And that's how you increase the profit margin, like Mont said, for your stockholders. So it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo takes this news and runs with it for the next year. And I think a lot of it's going to come from the Vitality Center sensor and the 3ds but let's um i'm gonna wait around see what's gonna come it's always interesting to watch nintendo but uh let's move to maybe a comparable maybe a a a sort of equivalent company within the multimedia sphere and that would be apple and that would be the ipad and surprise surprise the ipad is successful much to my chagrin um it has sold one million units in the U.S., we're assuming, in just 28 days. Now, keep in mind, the iPhone took 74 days to hit $1 so this is huge, and I am wondering why. I have no idea. Mons, maybe uh, uh, enlighten me here. Uh, How? See, I'm in the
1: exact same boat as you. I cannot imagine why I would want to pay for an iPad. If I have a laptop and I have an iPhone, what the hell am I going to use an iPad for? Except for you know having you know uh, plants versus zombies on a bigger screen, that's mm-hmm. basically the only thing that appeals to me with it. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess you know families using it uh, as a tablet on you know next to the living room couch or something. Then I again, suppose, but you have I, things like a Sony Dash for that as
0: well. So I I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, no one has a good uh, as good of a marketing margin as Apple. But I can't – now no one can come up to me and say, oh, co- no one can buy consoles in this economy. I'm like, bullshit, iPad. iPad costs about three times as much as some consoles, especially considering used. Mm-hmm. So no, so now no one has an excuse. If you want a console and you have, a, you have an iPad, no excuse. No excuse, people. But, I, of course, we, success is success. So I, have a, I have a friend, uh,
1: and I live in the northern part of Norway. I have a friend, he was the first to get get the iPad in the northern part of Norway, and he imported it from from the U.S. Uh, And, you know, they made such a huge deal about it in the papers. You know, he was on the front page as this, you know, (laughs) extreme geek who, you know, paid a bunch. And, I mean, you know, to get the iPad imported uh, and, you know, just the fact that the iPad is more expensive here, it is. We're talking serious money now. And, uh, and I think Randy even told me once that if he were to FedEx me a, a game, he might as well give me the money to buy a game over here because it would cost that much. So it's expensive.
0: So, I mean, people are really excited over this thing, but I just cannot figure out why. I think Apple has just successfully gotten so deep into the consumer mindset that they can literally sell you anything. I need to. I want to go back and check... The sales records for um, the MacBook Air, which, if you recall, is the ultra-thin laptop that no one liked. Just to see if that could sell, it proves my point that Apple has successfully just got cornered the market. I mean, in terms of enthusiasm, they are, right now, where Nintendo was in the 80s after the, um, with the height of Mario 3. This is where they are, and... I'm going to see – it's interesting to see where they're going to go in the gaming market because as we've expressed on the site in the past, um, supporters are already coming to the iPad that were on the iPhone, and as many people are hesitant, 10 are willing and ready to go. Mm. So 12 million apps, a lot of them are games, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this affects the games market because they're already killing Sony in terms of portable gaming if you count them. So – Rock on them, and hey, maybe it could mean that I could get a cheap iPhone now since no one's going to be uh, buying the little version of the iPad, so I can pick up a cheap hacked iPhone and not feel too bad for supporting Apple.
1: I don't know about that. I think if anything, iPhone game, uh, you know sales will increase because you know it actually is a phone. You can't call anyone with the iPad. Um, True, eh. but, but yeah, and you can actually bring it with you everywhere. I mean, I don't think you're going to stuff the iPad into your you know. Pants pockets. Uh, I
0: have. I don't know. I have extremely deep pants pockets. I have like those. <laughs> I have like those. What are them cardigans or whatever? I uh, cargo yeah. pants.
1: They're yeah, like
0: yeah. huge. I can fit like a moose in my back pocket. It's incredible. <laughs> but I don't think. I don't think you're meant to. Let's just go with that. Yeah. But, What do you say we progress to Apple to a universal complaint about Apple and something that's got us all riled up on the site? And probably you, if you're listening to this, and that is Apple's lack of Flash support. And, of course, that pisses us off because our site, our main page, runs on Flash. But Steve Jobs, CEO of Apple, has finally released a statement, and it is about four pages long, so I'm not going to read it. But basically, he comes out, and he pretty much trashes Flash, calls it behind the time, calls it it closed and proprietary, has major technical drawbacks, and it doesn't really support touch-based devices. So he says, never going to happen. We don't want it. We don't need it.
1: Yes. uh, That pretty much sums it up. I think you you need to add, when he said technical uh, difficulties with Flash, he's primarily talking about its battery usage of mobile devices. That's really the major stumbling block, because, I don't know, you know, since the iPhone already uses so much battery on 3G. But I mean, it's my choice, isn't it? If I want to waste my battery on on a flash application
0: or a flash web page, then it should be my choice to do so. In, in in theory, but then again, I'm not sure exactly how this battery usage will affect them if it's on 3G. I'm not sure. I'm, I obviously cannot speak for Apple. Neither of us can. But uh, this this announcement didn't really help those that were pissed at Apple for not supporting Flash. But at least you know where they stand now if you didn't know already from the years of ignorance on their part. Not not ignorance meaning stupid. Ignorance meaning literally ignoring of. So, so, so what kind of phone do you have? Um, I have a Samsung Eclipse, which is a touchscreen-only phone. That was recently – it's about – I have no idea how old it is. But again, I use it for calling people. Mm. That is all I use my phone for.
1: Okay, because I, you know, I use my iPhone a lot for web browsing. Uh, you've probably seen me posting a bunch of them forums. Basically, the only time I actually have time to post on the forums is when I'm at work and bored with my iPhone. Um, and I got to say, I bought the iPhone knowing it didn't have Flash – but with the assumption that they'd add it any moment now,
0: yeah.
1: because yeah, it seems so... it seems like such a no-brainer. Everything uses Flash. Why the hell wouldn't you add it? I don't care that you know Apple doesn't like uh, you know Adobe or or the Flash platform. You just they don't really have a choice. You know everything uses Flash. If they're gonna invent some sort of uh, own proprietary system, then you know it's gonna take years for that to become you know common usage. So. It's just, it's such a bad idea
0: to just. I, I don't get it. Why, why would they? Why would he say this? Because Apple is a different, is a mindset above the average humans. I think at this point, I have, I have no idea. I can't explain most of their actions, and yet they'll make, they make more money on selling a, a pair of headphones than I'll ever make in my life. So, this, I. You
1: know,
0: the major. Ours is not to wonder why. Ours is but to buy or die.
1: And I'm gonna sound pissy now, but the major complaint with the iPhone, and there's not really that many complaints with it, is that it doesn't have Flash support. And now they're coming out with a new iPhone soon, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the number four model. And you know, if they can't even fulfill that complaint, then why shouldn't I just go buy buy an, an Android Android phone, which will, right? I think it already does uh, support Flash. So I I just I don't get it.
0: I don't either, but I think, that, I think that's the main point we come away with every time we talk about Apple. We yeah. don't get it, but they make money, so more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Let, let's come more into our comfort zone here. Let's, let's come to a story where we can talk about. Let's talk about um, Jerry Hawkins and Mike Hulick. Of course, those are Gabe and Tycho, or Tycho and Gabe. I'm not, I'm not sure of the order. But either way, they are the creators of Penny Arcade, and surprisingly, they are two people amongst Time's 100 people who most affect our world. So, surprise, surprise, freaking freaking surprise on that. Um, Let's see. Um, Time, according to the magazine, Krahulik and Hulkins have become the taste makers uh, and conscious of an industry the size of Hollywood. But uh, for all their success, they are almost compulsively self-deprecating, and they give all the credit to their fans. You can't put a label on them. Label smack of hype, and Penny Arcade doesn't do hype. So, wow, I mean, it's very impressive uh, for them to be recognized as such, and of course they mention Penny Arcade, PAX, and Child's Play as being the main pillars of the Penny Arcade brand, but amazing. Time has come out with some pretty significant stories uh, in terms of our community, from naming Natal the most sought-after piece of technology for the year, and now this. Mots, you got thoughts? I guess if you have to pick someone from the gaming industry,
1: they would be a good choice, but... I don't know. It seems like they're sort of stretching. There's got to be a hundred other, other people in the world that are more important than they are. <laughs> Perhaps
0: I just, I'm not exactly sure of Time's selection policies when it comes to this list.
1: I don't know who else would you choose within the gaming industry. They they do sort of strike a a, a very positive uh, you know first impression with mm. child play
0: child's play especially. So, sure. I mean, um, i I'm pretty sure Time is selecting from as much of a general standpoint as they can, so they're not looking too deep into each respective industry. They're looking for the most popular, the most out there, the most recognized. So in that respect, I don't know. I mean, personally, I would choose Hulkins and Krohulik because they represent a good aspect of the the community that I want to emphasize. They do charity work, they're very nice, and they're humble. So that's a good image to put out against the gamer stereotype. But in terms of... Who I would affect uh who I would put that affects people the most in terms of the world at large, probably just one of the CEOs, um Bobby Kotnick, or um one of uh, or a comparative person of him. I'm not exactly sure who, but maybe maybe Bill Gates in terms of Microsoft, but that doesn't even count anymore. I think
1: I think I think they wanted to pick someone who wasn't, you know, uh biased, basically. Um how do you mean? You know, they didn't want to pick someone who works for a company, company that made games.
0: Okay, and plus, uh, I mean, this these two are the most likely to get people to buy Time magazine within the gaming industry. So it's probably you know a self a self uh, preservation technique from Time. Yeah. See, see, we're honoring people you like. Buy our magazine. So hey, yeah, okay, exactly. either way. Congrats to Kahulik and Hulkins. keep doing what you do guys you're awesome.
1: We're... And I mean I just want to drop in a point I, I think I think you know another thing another point about them is they started out as you know comic strip writers and they sure. still are but you know they have a, they have their own convention <laughs> that is and it's a huge convention it has more more more
0: participants than e3 so it's, it's just insane. Yep, and American Dream in action, if yeah. you will. Rock on them. But let's move on to something that will put us, uh, that will damper our enthusiasm a bit. Mots, do you remember Two Worlds? Of course you don't, no one does. <laughs> but apparently, Two Worlds 2 is coming out. Uh, proof of, you can make a sequel out of anything. The the ugly, poorly played, and terribly reviewed Two Worlds is getting a sequel simply titled, of course, Two Worlds 2. It will be coming out September 14th of this year for the PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. What do you think, You, you excited? You're going to get it first day?
1: I don't know if it's good, I guess. I mean, if it gets, like, hugely popular stellar reviews, but uh, it's it's the kind of game I could like, I suppose, but I don't know. It just Why not just reboot? Seriously? Why not just pick a new IP? Start a new one?
0: I'm in agreement with that, but I I think we're coming from a very bad place here. I played the first two worlds, and rarely has there been a game where it's just like, I played for five minutes, I'm like, I'm done, I never have to see this again in my life. The box art alone makes me kind of nauseous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know anything about it. I know it didn't, you know, uh, review well, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, let's, let's round out the news today with a couple of big announcements from the franchises that we love. We'll start with the lesser-loved, but just slightly lesser-loved God of War. we got another God of War PSP-exclusive game announcement called Ghost of Sparta, in the vein, of course, of Chains of Olympus. This comes out for the PSP and PSP Go. It is Ready at Dawn, the studio that produced Chains of Olympus, so assurance of quality. Rock on. And we it will be set again after the original God of War, and will follow Kratos' journey's ascension to power as God of War. So basically right before God of War but maybe after Chains of Olympus.
1: I think uh, I think uh right after God of War 1 wouldn't it be?
0: Mm so just... after yeah after excuse me after the original God of War. So basically yeah. yeah after God of War and after Chains of Olympus. Yeah, Don't know why I said it otherwise, but other than that no new information. Supposedly 25% more gameplay than Chains of Olympus, but we don't know and we're going to only see it at E3 this year. So I guess we'll all be come June. <laughs> do you remember the ending
1: of God of War 1? I? I don't really do. I I, I, I suppose you killed uh, Ares?
0: Yeah, I do. No, I, I, I do. You killed Ares and then you became God of War.
1: Yeah, but they didn't really explain how you got up to you know Olympus and all that stuff.
0: No, no you do. You tried to commit suicide and then Athena and the gods um, stop you right before you kill yourself and Literally bring you up to Olympus via magic or whatever. Oh yeah,
1: because they... that was part of the intro as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and you keep in mind there was a point. There was a couple of unexplained stories that did happen between the ending of God of War and God of War 2, where he was um, during his tenure as God of War, I suppose, before mm. he was betrayed by Athena in the beginning and had to fight off the Colossus, Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah. So rock on either way. I'm gonna be there in June trying to figure out what's going on. But otherwise, that's all we know, peeps. Any final thoughts on that, Mops?
1: Uh, I, I'm wondering what kind of game this will be. I wonder if it's going to be the same kind of action game because in the, uh, you know, in the intro to God of War 2, uh, he, you know, gets mad with power and all, you know, people are worshiping, worshiping him and and you know, committing hor- horrific acts in his name. But he's got to have, you know, I don't know if he, he automatically became the new God of War and everyone uh, all of a sudden assumed he was just this great warrior. Hmm. But I, I don't. I, I wonder if they're going to show that, or if it's. I would
0: like like a God of War RTS, <laughs> <laughs> and this would be a good opportunity for it. I don't think the market would like a God of War RTS.
1: No, I don't think,
0: and especially
1: not on the PSP with one on analog stick. So yeah.
0: Hey, I like to be. I would like to be god-sized Kratos stomping around, you know, ancient Athens. That'd be kind of cool. I just don't know how they would make it interesting in terms of monster types. But again. We got some screenshots here, and it looks like basically the same routine: your tiny Kratos, big environment, and your fighting shit, which is isn't bad—not that bad of a thing. But that's all we know as of right now. So what do you say we round out with the announcement that everyone already knows, everyone already loves, but you can't stop hearing about it because you love it so much? StarCraft 2 is dated. That's right, people. And everyone here at Elder Geek is kind of got egg on their face now because the reason we didn't put Starcraft 2 on our most anticipated games list of this year, famously, is because we didn't expect it to come out this year. But not only are we wrong, we're pretty much very half a year wrong because Starcraft 2 is coming out July 27th of this year, the first of the Starcraft 2 trilogy. Yay, and screams of fandom are heard throughout the internets. Moss, you, uh, I haven't played the beta yet. Uh, I know I can if
1: I want to, uh, but I don't know. I, I kind of want to save it. I, I don't know if I'm going to buy the first game either. I, th- I think I'm going to wait until all the th- all three games come out and then buy them all in a
0: package or something. You know, you know how long it's going to take? Three uh, Three years. <laughs> okay, probably. So uh, it's good that you have a plan at least. Well, you so... know,
1: I, I'm not the kind of guy that you know has to rush out and and play this game. If it, if it had a you know a story I really cared about, then it would be another thing. But gameplay wise, I usually don't really get that hyped about
0: gameplay. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, I grew up in the PC RTS scene, so there's always a little flutter of nostalgia when this is announced. But again, I've sort of gotten away from that. I'm not necessarily going to pick this up ever. Because I'm just so out of the uh, out of the league. But this, we are the, probably the two pers- uh, worst people to be on this podcast this week to talk about StarCraft 2. Because we're probably the least involved in the franchise of all of us working here.
1: My three favorite RTSs, and I, I used to play a lot of RTSs, is first it's uh, WarCraft 3, and then it's StarCraft, and then it's regular 2. Uh, okay and you know there are older ones that i used to play but i don't really remember them that well so you know i'm sorry if i didn't mention your favorite rts ever i'm sorry if i didn't mention orc versus humans cuz it's just so long ago I-, I can't remember how that was but i i, I mean i'm looking forward to the surge rush but i guess that's not in this episode cuz this is the humans right
0: uh, ah yeah, i believe so i'm i do not i cannot confirm nor deny but yeah. yes, it it would make sense that they would start out with humans and then move to the alien races. But either way, it's going to be fun to see how quickly it re- how quickly all the stores run out of copies and how quickly all the servers that try to sell this game shut down from the demand. Should we talk about the price here? Because it's full priced. I think we talked um, about yeah. this earlier as well, but I think so. Yeah, the the regular version of the game, despite being a one of three. Will be 59.99, which is of course full price for um, for any game these days. Although we do not know anything about the length nor the complexity of the game, so see, see, it's,
1: see it's not full priced usually uh, as a PC game it's usually f- uh, for 49.99, not There There
0: is a there is a ten there is a ten dollar difference. Same and for Wii games usually, but this isn't going to be on the Wii. So yeah, and, and
1: you know this is the second big game that's done that. You know you had Call of Duty do that first, but. Um, One Warfare 2, I mean, uh, It's scary. I don't want the prices of games to increase, especially not games I'd actually want to play. So, <laughs> and you know, the collector's edition is is a hundred bucks. Um, and you know, I gotta figure there's a bunch of cool stuff in the collector's edition, but still, I mean, that's a lot of money for for a third of
0: a game, basically. I don't know if it's gonna be a third of a game, and We don't know a lot of details about it. Well, let's see. Let's uh, let's see what's in the collector's edition here. Huge book containing artwork. A uh, two gigabyte USB flash drive, which is uh, you get the original StarCraft and the expansion pack. Go figure. Um, and it'll be shaped in a replica of Jim Rayner's dog tags. I do not know what that means, but maybe you do. A, CT, a CD soundtrack, of course. Um, customization options for BattleNet. Rock on. Mm. Uh, StarCraft comic uh, prequel, of course, which of a continuing series, kind of like what Mass Effect Two did. And a DVD containing you know bonus features, out uh, interviews. Featurettes, etc. So pretty basic, but you got a lot of stuff in there. I mean, you got mm. basically everything you could possibly have in that special edition.
1: And I suppose in this first episode, <coughs> you can still in the multiplayer you can still control the Zerg and The uh, what's her name again? The um, don't ask me. Yeah, well, well the uh, alien thing is. Um, I suppose you can still use those in in the multiplayer because if not, then it would basically be worthless. So. Mm. Uh, but I, I I assume it's just the single player part that's chopped off and and will return in the next game.
0: But who yeah, knows? Crap. Either way, I'm gonna end out this week because I'm so much of a geek for this franchise as opposed to StarCraft 2. We have new Fallout New Vegas screens, so I'm gonna end on that. Not gonna talk about. it. There's nothing to talk about. Just head over to Elder Geek for some pretty wicked Fallout New Vegas screen uh, screens. And that's it for our news this week. Moss, you yeah. wanna you wanna head us out?
1: Uh yeah. Uh it's, as Matt Gavin mentioned, go check out the follow screens. Uh we have a bunch of uh reviews. Uh we have uh a review, a video review for Detroit Distribution and Supreme Commander 2 by our new reviewer, actually Gamesudamas, and uh, and yeah, I mean it's a bunch of awesome stuff. I'll have a new motion gaming feature coming out pretty soon, and uh, and we'll have spoiler alert coming out on Thursday, and that is actually the new publishing date for a thir- for a spoiler alert. Uh, so, you know, uh, what is it this time? It's um, what did we do? What do <laughs> what
0: you mean? Oh, um we did Assassin's Creed two. Not a good time that you forgot, Moths.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Assassin's Creed two. And uh and we're rounding out. Goodbye. Later everybody. <laughs> Whoops.
0: of trouble.